In Revelation chapter 6, remember that starting, let's see here, verse 9. There were the martyrs and the slain Christians, and they were under, the, the picture is they were under the God's throne. Who remembers what their question was? How long, how long before you avenge us? That was the question. And what was God's answer? Well, now that you say that, I'd forgotten about it, but now that you say that, I guess I'll go ahead and do something. What did he say? <laughs> he did not say that, did he? He said, rest for a little while. And when, when it's my schedule, when it's according to my plan, I'll take care of, I'll take care of this. Well, the plan is rolling out, and we're seeing God um, over the last several chapters, beginning to take care of things. Uh, we'll see that in, we saw it in 17, <clears throat> pardon me, we saw it in all the seven, um, uh, the seven bowls and all of the destruction and the things that were, that were going on there. And there are a couple of um, metaphors, if you will, of cities that are, that are mentioned. And what are those two cities? We talked about them quite a bit on Sunday, probably ad nauseum, but uh, what were the two cities? Babylon. I'm sorry. Babylon, and then there was a metaphor for the city of Rome, the Roman Empire, if you will. And we talked about, when he went back and, and looked at the history of, of Babylon and, and um, for the Lord to, to choose that has to be, there has to be some things. Hopefully this week you went back and, and, and studied and read about the city of Babylon and in the book of Isaiah uh, and Jeremiah and, and those kinds of things. And <clears throat> so it makes a little bit more sense to you. And he uses that term Babylon to, to as a metaphor for Rome or the Roman Empire, which, which we see that. So tonight, <clears throat> in chapter 18, uh, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. Uh, for emphasis, he says it, says it twice. Now, tell me what different aspects of Rome or the Roman Empire, which covered the world, basically. What were the three, I got three, maybe there were more. What were the three different aspects of Roman Empire that are all going to be fallen, so to speak? Politically, for sure. There's one. Economically and religiously. And we saw the beginning of the religious part, not necessarily the beginning, but at least in chapter 17, the religious part. Well, see, uh, I think he carries over a little bit here in 18 as well, but he starts, <clears throat> certainly starts talking about uh, the, the corrupt government and the commerce, the, the commercial the implications of all the commercial aspects of the Roman Empire and its far-reaching nature. We'll get down to those verses in a little bit when he starts listing all of the things that were, that were imported and exported, or basically imported into Rome. Um, so I'll save that. I'll save that till then. <clears throat> in verse 4 of chapter 18, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, 
lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. Oh, before I get there, Hillary, I told Hillary I was going to say this. Sunday, she said, you know what happened right after the Roman Empire fell, a period called the Dark Ages, maybe two, three, four hundred years. Um, and right after that, or in, a little bit in conjunction with that, at least the last hundred years, the Reformation movement. And we see with Martin Luther and all of that. So gives you some on a continuum. You can kind of see how this thing's playing out. So I want to thank Hillary for, for reminding me of that. Now, <clears throat> verse 4 says, Come out from among her, my people. Have we ever seen that or heard that anywhere in the Bible? Where? Lot. Lot in Genesis 19. Genesis 19. Angels were involved and said, you, you've got to, they were living among Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodomites. And there were some faithful people there. Remember the very next chapter, I think 19, if I remember right. Abraham said, would you destroy Sodom for the 50? And then 45, and then 40, 30, I think it got down to 20. Did it get down to 10? I'm trying to remember. It did get down to 10, you're right. Uh, and the Lord said, I won't destroy it for that. So God has his limits. And evidently, he has his limits here too. And Rome been around a long, long time long time. In fact, um, when you remember in World War II when Mussolini came into power, what, 37, 36, somewhere in there, his goal was to, he called himself Caesar. I'm the new Caesar, and this is going to be the new Rome, and we're going to have another thousand-year reign. How'd that work for him? Not too well. Uh, that didn't work. It's not going to work. Now, Babylon went away. Rome did not go away, but did Rome's power basically go away? It certainly did. Rome will never be a world power. The Lord said it's not going to be. Uh, but they're around, you know, city on the seven hills. It's a great tourist place, I suppose, and all of that. But uh, uh, they were done. All right, so Lot. Uh, someone turn to 2 Corinthians 6. And start with verse 16. I think maybe 16, 17. It could even be 18 for my study. But 2 Corinthians 6, whoever has a loud voice, uh, starting in verse um, uh, 16. You don't mind reading that. Everybody listen real closely. In this context of come out from among them now, my people. Anyone? Seventeen also. Come out, be separate, be my people. He's always demanded that, and he's telling them here. Oh, why should they heed that? What's going to happen if they don't heed this warning? That's right. And, and in Matthew 24, what, what, did, uh, what did they tell them then? Now, this is the destruction of Jerusalem. But what, what were the warnings? You better leave. 
If you're on the rooftop, you don't have time to come down and pack a bag. The Romans have surrounded this, the city. There's going to be a million or more that will die. And history says that most of them left. They got out. So they heeded that warning. Said you, so God will give you warnings, at least you know, what, what we're studying here. But you've got to leave. Now, someone turn to Ephesians 5 and verse 11. Ephesians 5 and verse 11. I think this is very applicable to what we're studying about and also to us today. He tells us today, come out. Uh, you've got to live in the world, but you don't have to be of the world. Ephesians 5 and verse 11. Don, you got that? Okay. Gary? Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. So what is our role according to that verse, Gary? You gotta, you gotta talk about it, but he said, don't have any fellowship with these people. A fellowship, a joint sharing, a, a, a being a participant. He says, you gotta live in it, otherwise you gotta go out of the world, but you don't have to be a part of it. In fact, you better not be a part of it, but rather reprove them. Gary? And the exposing part, It is a spiritual battle, isn't it? It's not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. But what if it makes somebody mad, though, Gary? It will make them Probably will. Probably will. Did Jesus make anybody mad? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Who are, uh, oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. Now, notice in verse 5. I'm sorry. Any other comments or questions on verse 4 about being separate? Old Testament, New Testament, Lot, it goes on and on and on. He wants us to be separate people. Don? I keep being drawn back to Jesus' prayer in John 17. Verse 17, everybody knows, thy word is true. Sanctify them mm -hmm. in thy word, thy word is true. But verse 16, before that, they're in the world. You can't take them out of the world. But I pray that they be remain pure. And, and that whole thing that he's praying for is the recognition that his disciples, his children, are going to be stuck in this world. But they don't have to be part of the world. Because of the word of God, they can be sanctified and separated from it. That's right. No, that, that's a really good point. That, and the, these are so such good comments. Verse 5, for her sins, who, who is her? Babylon, Rome, for her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Do you see any, and I don't mean to stretch it too far here, Babylon, her sins have reached to heaven, ring a bell, the Tower of Babel. Now, maybe that's stretching a touch. I don't think too much, but I, words mean things or they wouldn't be words. That's why they have definitions. But I just found it interesting that, that her sins have reached to heaven, Babel, Babylon, maybe. It, somebody had a hand. No, I'm okay. I thought I saw a hand. God has remembered her iniquities. It just came to him? What do you think that means? God has remembered her iniquities. 
reached. Okay. God had, had about all he could stand. We might say that, mightn't we? Um, that's, all, that's all I'm putting up with. Remember, the, the iniquity of the, of the Amorites was not yet complete or full. When the iniquity of the Amorites became complete or full, God said, that's it, pulling the plug. Now, same God on the same throne. We saw his limits in Sodom and Gomorrah. He has limits. He's long-suffering, not willing any should perish. But does he have a limit today? Well, what is that? We don't know. Of course we don't know. It's above our pay grade. But he does have limits today with, with individuals, countries, the world eventually, when he does eventually pull the big plug, so to speak. But he does have limits. It's not like he just remembered, oh, by the way, I forgot about Rome here. No, no, no. No, that's not what that means at all. Not what it means at all. Uh, qu questions or comments on that? O okay, Don. Usually when God said that in the Old Testament, <clears throat> it was the fact that he made a promise. And now the, the, the association of the promise to the event is now in coincidence. <clears throat> in other words, they're together. No, I made this promise to you. I didn't forget it, but the conditions of that promise are now to be fulfilled. Right. And that, that word remember is not that God forgot. No. It's just that he's now satisfied to complete it. That's right. That's right. Verse 6. Render to her. Render. What does the word render mean? Render to her. Give her her due. It's payday. If you want to think of it like that. It's payday, Rome. <laughs> Babylon, payday, render to her just as she rendered to you. And repay her, this is interesting phraseology, render, render her double according to her works, and then the cup which she has mixed makes it double for her. Wait, what? Have you ever seen, I've got it written down so I can look, I can cheat a little bit, but um, in Exodus 22, verses 4 through 9, Exodus 22, remember when God was given all the rules uh, when they come, before they came into the land or as they coming in? You know, if your ox um, uh, gores somebody the first time, you, you get them well. If you gore somebody the second time, then the ox is put to death and you too for being negligent. Remember all that. Um, if somebody steals, go to uh, Exodus 22, 4 through 9. We're going to see this. This, this information, double. And what do you think that means? Uh, four, four through nine. If someone wants to read that real quickly. Exodus four, I'm sorry, Exodus 22, four through nine. There's some of these little things that he's talking about here, but if Michelle, stole, okay. Actually, if what he stole is actually found alive in his possession, whether an ox or a donkey, Where, how far 
Nine. There's one more double coming. Okay, uh, th thank you, Dennis, for that. We saw the du the context of this double. What was going on there, James? When he talks about, no, that's a good point, James. When they were talking about making things double, there was the restitution part for sure. But there was, all, there were, there was criminal activity going on. Would you say that? And God says, I don't like criminal activity. And when you're caught, you pay back double. Okay, is there criminal activity going on here? We're going to see that. We get down another five, six, seven verses. Yes. Yes. Remember it talks about they, had, they, were, they were misusing and abusing the slaves and they were, even the people's souls. They were costing people their souls, which we'll get to. I don't get too far ahead. But I just found this mixing the double and repay her double. It's not foreign to God. It's not foreign at all that when you um, are a thief or you're uh, there's there's a law, uh, illegal activity going on. God says you're gonna pay it back, as James said, but you're gonna pay back more than that. So that's kind of what he's saying here. You've messed with my people here, God says, and you're gonna pay not just what you you're gonna pay back double. Uh, uh, Tony. I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's it's not biblical, but but I've heard that Tony to answer your question. Yes, um, <clears throat> what goes around comes around. You heard that yeah, one, Tony? Yeah. Maybe something like that. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, that's okay. That's, I'll, I'll take that point. It's a good point. Number uh, verse seven. Anybody? Right, verse seven. Um, we hit on this a little bit. I won't spend too much time. In the measure that she gloriously glorified herself and lived luxuriously in the same measure, give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I say as a queen, and I'm no widow and will see no, see no sorrow. Um, has she seen much suffering yet? No. I, I think that's, if you had to put an overarching theme to that verse, which I have on mine, I just put suffering. And if you don't put no in the front of it, that would be the context of what we're saying here. Rome had not seen much suffering yet, but as they say in the South, it, it's fixing to change. It's things are about to change. Uh, Ryan.
Now, he could, and, and oftentimes calamity does come fairly quickly. And then sometimes it's a relative term. It's what's quickly to God is not quickly to us. And we're even going to see that here. Um, but Rome has started down, and she's going down to hurry, relatively speaking. Uh, because, you know, look in verse 8. Um, it'll come in one day, death and mourning. Is that a literal one day? I don't think so. You know, we're, we're in a lot of symbolism here. But one day to God is a thousand years, a thousand years, one day. So, but what that says is it's coming, and it's a sure thing. It's a sure thing in one day that, that there's judgment coming for you. And you may think you're not suffering now, but you will be suffering. You'll be suffering soon, relatively soon. Verse, uh, anybody? Uh, don't miss anybody. Verse 9. Now, notice the different uh, variety of people here that are going to be doing all this mourning. The kings of the earth, the merchants, and the seafarers, the, the, the merchants there. And why are they all upset, those three classes of people? Their bank accounts is, is about, to get, they're about to get hit hard because of Rome falling. And that's what happens when you have these major economies. It could be us, it could be China, it could be whomever. But when something happens to a major economy, they, well, poor USA, poor China. No, poor world. Because it's going to have major ramifications, and it did here. Uh, the kings of the earth, well, why would they be upset, the kings of the earth? It said, you've committed fornication with her. Now, I don't think that means literal. What, what do you think that means uh, symbolically? You, you know better than they are. You're in cahoots with them. Uh, you're, you, you, you're, you're as guilty in some ways as they are because you shared in all of this activity, a lot of it criminal activity. And you'll be weeping, all right, uh, not only just for them. In fact, they're such brave people. How do they view all of this burning, weeping, gnashing of teeth and all of this? Did they go in and defend her? What did they do? Get my video going here. That's the way we do it today. We're not going to get involved, but I'll, I'll take a picture of that beating. They're not going to get involved. Johnny Ray. Okay. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's, uh, uh, that could be. And maybe Rome had such a grip on the world, maybe they, maybe there's not much they could do. It's hard to say, look, look, looking back. But, um, Things were brewing in Western Europe, what we would call Western Europe, already brewing between the Germanic peoples, the people from Gaul, or France as we call it today, uh, and some others, um, the Greeks who are later gonna, gonna take over all of this. So uh, there, there, there are things that are coming. And the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her 
for no one buys their merchandise anymore. There, there was, let me ask a question. On this, when we get to seafaring people and ships bringing things in, was Rome a seaport? Easy now. It's not. It was not. But Rome built a city called Portus, <clears throat> who was not too far from Rome, and it was a deep water port. They made, made sure all that, so that all of the uh, uh, sea commerce could come into Portus, and then they could transport it at a wonderful road from Portus to Rome. So she had the benefits of being on the sea with all of the merchant ships and all, while not being on the sea, but near it, relatively speaking. Major, that's a really good point. I had it in my notes and I forgot it. The, all, all roads lead to Rome. There was a major, major road from China and there was a major road from India uh, leading to Rome. And all, all roads led to Rome. That's absolutely true. Now notice, anything at all before 12? Uh, Greg? <coughs> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. A little bit about, we can't, we can't explain the economy of everything, but what's interesting is all those drones, boats, all those sea lanes were used first century and if you know history, the second and the third century for the gospel. That's right. And it's almost as if once That's God right. got the gospel out using all that infrastructure the Romans built, his need for us was Right. I think that's part of when, when the time was right, Jesus came. That's right. He took all of this debauchery and all of this corruption and all of these bad things going on and he used it to his advantage for the gospel. Wonderful road. Well, some of the roads are still there today. They build good roads. Some of the aqueducts are still there today. They, they, were, they were very good... Uh, Engineers, construction people. <clears throat> but God used that for the spread of the gospel. Remember what happened when they left Jerusalem? It says they went everywhere preaching the word. So God used persecution to, in Acts 8, to, to, to send, send the gospel all over the world. So he, he still makes things happen today in spite of whatever might be, what might be going on. Now, did you wonder this? I thought, I could not figure out why God listed all of these words. What do these have in common? <clears throat> Gold, silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet, every kind of citron wood, which is kind of an orange smelling wood, every kind of object, ivory, every kind of object of precious wood, bronze, iron, marble, cinnamon, love cinnamon, uh, incense, fragrant oil, frankincense, Wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, chariots, bodies, and souls of men. Did that, why all of that? I mean, it's his business, and I'm glad he did it, but what do all these products have in common? Very valuable. 
Would we call them luxuries? Okay. Um, very valuable luxury. These people, at least the, the uh, people of wealth, lived in luxury. What's going to happen to all of this stuff? Not coming anymore. The fruit that your soul longed for has gone from you. And all the things which are rich and splendid have gone from you. Love that one, Gary. And you shall find them no more at all. Do, uh, <clears throat> when you go over to Exodus, Exodus chapter 30, we won't, may not have time tonight, starting at verse 23, does, um, does uh, fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet, uh, gold, silver. Have we seen that list of things before? And if so, where? He's, we saw it in uh, when they were uh, the tabernacle. God said, here's a list of things I want you to get. And I'm going to endow you with a lot of supernatural knowledge to get this done. Silversmiths, goldsmiths. And then the temple. Remember all of that? Same kind of thing. Hiram, uh, Oh, cedars of Lebanon and that, and that kind of thing. So, but then the last part of 13, interesting, bodies and souls of men. What do you make of that? Servants, slaves, souls of men. I don't have a great answer there, but I, I, think, I think these two, Rick, They did. They did, and I guess maybe by default, so to speak, they gave up their souls too. So um, these were, we might call it today, you see this on the news, it's a sad, sad, sad thing. We've heard the term human trafficking. Human trafficking. It wasn't that term used then. It was a terrible thing then, it's a terrible thing now. That people use other people uh, and a lot of times sacrifice their lives, certainly ruin their lives for their financial welfare and benefit. It's always been wrong. Still is. Gary. Alan's lesson Sunday about the wealth uh, of those that uh, would be a stumbling block to these little ones. Uh, that's what I think of Oh, that, that was a good one. Yes. In fact, <clears throat> we're going to get down to that millstone in a minute. Hold that thought. I'm coming back if we don't run out of time. Millstone. But Alan's, Alan's lesson wasn't very powerful on Sunday about the little ones. Um, but uh, that, that's a good point. We're going to get to that. The merchants of these things who became rich, verse 15, by her, Rome, will stand at a distance for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. I have a word out to the side there. They were selfish, selfish motives. We used Rome. They used us. Rome is being destroyed. Uh, that's a shame. But I'm not getting involved here. 
They were selfish. They were selfish. There may be another word you've got written out in your margin, but I had selfish motives. Yes, ma'am. It was hard for me to hear you as you get old. Very materialistic. Extremely. Oh, that's a good point. Thank you for that. And thank you for relaying that. You've heard it before. The VA has told me on multiple occasions, Johnson, you're, you're due hearing aids. I got a pair No, thank you. <laughs> my sister tells me that. My wife tells me that. Did you not hear that? No, I didn't. Uh, so I'm, my day's coming. It's probably vanity. <laughs> don't, don't laugh, Jack. You're next. Uh, Vanity of vanities, I just don't want them. But I'll have to get them. Go ahead. Uh, how much accuracy do you think is wrong with people saying things about the hollow down around the last seven years? It almost seems like it's because of what Babylon did, and they made it more um, but materialism, luxury, um, do, are, do we deal with that today at all? Are we spoiled by that today in some ways? Yes. Times 10, yes. Um, <clears throat> when you forget God and you focus on materialism and these things, what has he done to, to them before? Is he capable of doing that again? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, he's very capable of doing that again. Willie, I don't know if that's, that's, in, <clears throat> that's up to him. Johnny, real quick, I want to get the last two or three. Well, go ahead, brother. That's true. In fact, what did Job say? The Lord giveth, and the Lord took, taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. So you got it, you bless the Lord. You don't have it, you bless the Lord. Good, good, good point, Johnny. Um, let's see if I can... Skip around a little bit. We've got about four minutes. For in one hour, such great riches came to nothing. Every shipmaster, all who travel by ship, sailors, and as many as trade on the sea stood at a distance. They're the same way with the merchants and the kings. See all this? See the smoke? Right? See all this? But we're not going to get involved. Oh, you're involved. You're involved because it's going to hit you in your pocketbook later. They threw dust on their heads. What's that a sign of? Morning. Sad, sad, sad. And it's going to get sadder as these next two, it's, it's a few hundred years before this actually, before they go totally down. It's not like it's tomorrow, but in God's eyes, it's already taken place. Uh, Through dust on their head, cried out, weeping and wailing and saying, alas, alas, that great city in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth. For in one hour, uh, she is made desolate. Um, but what were, what were these Christians how, and the prophets and, and those who are the apostles and those who have gone on, what was their attitude toward this? What did God say to do there? It's okay. They got what they had coming. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And it's actually a good day. 
rejoice over. My justice has prevailed. God's justice will always prevail. Now notice in verse 21, this is where we'll get with Gary. That's maybe as far as we get, but that's okay. Um, <clears throat> then a mighty angel took up a, a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence the great city of Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. What's the, what's the picture of the, this millstone? Did everybody understand millstones? Did everybody even 100, 120 years ago understand millstones? Oh, yes. That's how they ground their grain, usually where there was running water. But, so this was a great millstone. We'll go with the word great. And what's, what's the picture of this? And then the angel threw a, not a millstone, the average millstone maybe wasn't over 100, 150 pounds. You could see a millstone maybe a thousand pounds where it's pulled by oxen or that kind of thing. This was a great millstone. What does that imply? It's going to hurt. <laughs> it's going to get your attention. Swift, speedy, what I had. Swift, complete, destruction. This is not, oh, I wonder what that was. The other night we heard a, a clap of thunder, and, I'm, and I asked, what was that? Well, yeah, hey. Who said that? I can't hear, so who said that? Thank you, Dennis. Harpist, musician, flutist, trumpeters shall be no more heard in you. What does that imply, music? Happiness and joy. What about it, Rick? Gone. Gone. Um, I, I noticed, I looked, up a, well, I looked up several words, but one of them was in verse 23. We'll stop here. Uh, let me see. For your merchants uh, were the great men of the earth, for by sorcery, sorcery, all the nations were deceived. The word sorcery there in the original language is pharmakeia. And it's may, uh, preparing drugs and having, being a, addicted to drugs. So that's the picture. How did that apply to all of this? What did Rome have the world? Drugged. Drugged. Addicted. Lied to them. Under a spell. Under a spell. That was, that was Babylon. That was Rome. And it's now officially over. And in her was found the blood of the saints, the blood of the prophets and the saints, and of all who were slain on the earth. <clears throat> this is my, the last verse I had written. If we got a minute, I'll let you talk. Um, God takes the persecution of his saints personally. Do you believe that's true? The Bible's filled with that. Many instances. God takes the persecution of his people personally. And while sometimes we may think, why is he letting this happen? <clears throat> what is going on? Well, he's well aware, and when you hurt his people, 
he will hurt you. Double. That's kind of what this is saying here. He takes care of his own. Precious in the sight, use this at funerals, we, we all have. Precious in the sight of the Lord is what? The death of his saints. No one dies that he's not aware of, particularly his people. He knows. Okay, that's pretty much um, Revelation 18. Any last comments or questions? We'll do 19 on Sunday. A little speedy, but we, 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 I think we did okay with it tonight. Thank you.